Welcome to the Shepherd Leadership Podcast, where we hope to encourage and equip leaders to help those entrusted to them thrive and to be a leader others follow for life. My name is Nick Westbrook, and I've had people entrusted in my care professionally for over 20 years in careers from ministry, coaching football, and business development to now owning and leading a Chick-fil-A franchise with over 140 team members. Leading my business at Chick-fil-A is the most challenging, difficult, and rewarding thing I've ever done. The challenges can feel overwhelming, but the call to lead and being given the responsibility to steward so many people's lives and experiences is an honor that I'm proud to shoulder. I've had more leadership failures than success, but from my greatest leadership failures, I've learned the true art of fulfilling my calling to lead. Thank you for joining our conversation where we will unpack the calling of leading as a shepherd and talk with other shepherd leaders about the impact they're making in their organizations. We post a new 30-minute episode on the first Friday of every month and sprinkle in some bonus content along the way. We hope to make this time valuable for you and to encourage you. This is the Shepherd Leadership Podcast. Hello, Shepherd Leaders, and welcome back to the Shepherd Leadership Podcast. I am really loving these 30 minutes we get to spend together every month. I really hope that it is bringing some value to your life, to your leadership, to your family, to your teams, to your organizations, to all the places that you are leading and shepherding other people. I really hope that this time is bringing some value to your month. I want to start this month's content with a question. What do leaders do? If you have people entrusted to your care, what is expected of you that separates you from those that are depending on you to lead them? It's a really important question because if we as leaders don't know what is expected of us, it is really difficult to be successful in our roles. Last month, we learned that a good shepherd leader really strives to know those entrusted to them. Now, now that you know those entrusted to you, well, what's next? Do we just hang out all the time now that we know each other a lot better? Well, I don't think that that's the extent of our role. You see, by definition, a leader is taking someone or a group of someone's to a particular destination. A leader is taking people somewhere and those that they are leading are following along, either willingly or unwillingly, under the care of their leader. If the leader doesn't have a defined destination on where they're going, if the leader is just drifting along, hoping for the best, even with great effort, those that are following them will end up drifting along as well. However, many may have drifted off, unclear or uncertain where they're headed. Great leaders must have a vision for where they are going and where they're headed, for where those that are entrusted to them are going and where they are headed. Great shepherd leaders must have a vision for where they are headed that will ensure that those entrusted to them will thrive when they arrive there. 
If the shepherd leader has a great vision for where the organization, the team, the family, even the individual is headed, then the next principle of shepherd leadership is that a good shepherd will guide those entrusted to them. They will guide those entrusted to them. Our outline from King David, remember, in Psalm 23, outlines it perfectly. In Psalm 23, he says three things that really outline this guiding principle of shepherd leadership. He says that the good shepherd, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. That shepherd had to know where the green pastures were. He had to know that those green pastures were good for his flock. You see, it's not like green pastures were an abundant resource when this was written. No, 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 no. You have to work to find the green pastures. You see, most of the terrain was rocky, lacked vegetation, it was hilly, it was difficult to get through, and it makes the flock vulnerable to predators or even to injury. And a good shepherd knows where the green pastures and the still waters are and will guide their flock to those green pastures and those still waters. Why still waters? Why not rushing waters? You see, A sheep needs to have still water to drink because their wool is so thick and so heavy that if it gets saturated with water, the sheep will become overwhelmed by the weight of their own wool and be swept away by the water and drown. Shepherd leaders have to have a clear vision for where these green pastures and these still waters are for their organizations, for their teams, for their families. And they clearly communicate that vision often in creative and compelling ways to guide their flock to the place where they can thrive together. What does this look like practically? You have to have a clear, compelling, and concise vision for where you're going, for where those that are entrusted to you should be going. At Chick-fil-A, our vision is to be the world's most caring company. Plain and simple. Not the world's greatest fried chicken chain or the world's fastest drive through We want to do fried chicken and drive throughs with excellence, but really, we use those avenues to be the world's most caring company. Many people wouldn't necessarily want to join up with the vision of being the world's best fried chicken chain or being the world's best drive through but all kinds of the right people want to join in to be a part of the world's most caring company. A shepherd leader shows those entrusted to them what that green pasture looks like and how still waters are good for them and creates enthusiasm for making that journey to get there together. One of my favorite examples of a phenomenal shepherd leader guiding those entrusted to them is Alan Mulally 
and the historic and iconic turnaround he shepherded at Ford Motor Company from 2006 to 2014. Detailed in the book, American Icon, when Mullally left Boeing to take the helm at Ford, the automaker was projected to lose around $12.7 billion in one year. That is billion with a B. This iconic 103-year-old automaker was about to go bankrupt. The company that was named for the man that began automobile transportation as we know it was on the verge of being extinct. But when Mulally took over, Ford was all over the place in terms of direction. They had no clear vision for what they were trying to do or what they were trying to offer as an automaker. Departments were in silos, not working together, not communicating with one another. Remakes and recalls were all over the place. Turnover of talented engineers and managers was out of control, and customers were going elsewhere to purchase vehicles. Malali guided Ford to what he called one Ford plan, getting everyone and every division from North America to Asia Pacific on one plan together to get Ford moving back in the right direction to produce reliable and affordable vehicles to customers while profitably growing the company to benefit stakeholders and shareholders. He executed the plan through this one-team strategy. Every week, he met with all of his global leaders in every market in a meeting called the Business Plan Review. He called it the BPR. They were indignant about this meeting. No one was allowed to miss it. In the meeting, they displayed the vision, goals, plans, and progress of each global division and talked through how each was progressing towards the goal of the vision. They had never done this before. They were able to get alignment together and gain momentum through some of the most difficult economic years in American history since the Great Depression. Ford ended up not accepting a federal bailout at the time, like many of the other automakers, and emerged as the world's leading automaker coming out of the Great Recession in 2008. You know, another one, I was so inspired by one recent Chick-fil-A operator that I, I recently visited. Nathan Buchanan in Stewart, Florida is such a great shepherd leader, and, and he is exceptional at guiding his team to their desired future. He does it by running his business on principles that drive every policy, procedure, and process that they employ. Very simply, the three principles that he runs his business on come from another great shepherd leader, John Wooden, the legendary Hall of Fame basketball coach at UCLA, and his book, The Pyramid of Success. The three principles are industriousness, care, and enthusiasm. These three principles are expectations for his team, and they guide how they make decisions. Elements of these principles guide like growth conversations with team members and leaders. Industriousness 
is an interesting word, and it isn't used all the time. So I asked him to explain how they implement that principle in their conversations. Well, very simply, he asked his leader and his team members, what is it that I'm doing that's helping us move closer to our goals? Am I working to improve? Am I working to be better today than yesterday? If even by 1%. Those are three great questions that will guide any team member to being their best and to thriving. The guiding work of the shepherd leader is to show people where they can go. To show where they can go. Remember that the aim of every leader should be to serve and care for those entrusted to them in such a way that their people thrive and are at their best. Well, for any of us to be at our best, we must be guided towards what is possible We do not drift towards being at our best. We drift towards our worst. To be at our best, we have to be guided. We have to have a clear picture of what is out there for us to strive for. That's the shepherding work of the father and the mother in a family. All of us with children know that our sons and daughters do not drift towards being their best. Absolutely not. They drift towards their worst. They need the guiding hand of a father and a mother to show them the life that is possible through obedience, discipline, creativity, manners, honor, intelligence, perseverance, kindness, fun, encouragement. None of us learn those things on our own. We were guided We were shepherded over years and years of struggle and now realize the fruit of those efforts. Bible study or discipleship leaders must guide those entrusted to them to look beyond the passage, the book, or the topic they're studying to reveal in the hearts of those that are entrusted to them what kind of life change needs to take place to continue growing in their sanctification. Chick-fil-A shift leaders must guide their teams in actions, attitudes, and behaviors that help make the organization run with great efficiency and support the culture of the organization they all love to work in. They must show them the practices and principles that make their jobs easier and connect the dots to why They are performing these tasks in such a way and just how important their role is in the big scheme of the operation. This is the fun part of leading others that really brings out the coach in each one of us. We get to show people a way of doing their role, task, position that makes them feel like a winner and a champion. No one loves to lose. I really believe that no one loves to lose. No one. If we can make them feel like winners in their roles, they will thrive. They will want to grow. They will want to be more connected with our organizations, with our teams, with our families. If we just leave them to fend for themselves, to sink or swim 
where only the strong survive, well, they feel abandoned, disconnected, like they don't belong. They feel neglected. That is not leading people. That is not setting them up to thrive and to be at their best. Listen, very few people want to be barked at. They don't want to be told what to do. They don't want to be dictated to or commanded. People do, however, want to be guided. People want to be shown what's possible. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, Where there is no guidance, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Let me read that again. Proverbs eleven fourteen, Where there is no guidance, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. I see so many times in quotes, messages, books, blogs, the downplaying of managing. It's like managing is somehow beneath leaders and that managing is a bad thing. Listen, all leaders have to manage. All leaders have to manage. Managing is a part of leadership. A leader must manage. They must ensure that those entrusted to them do the things necessary for the team, the organization, the family, the individual to thrive. Managing is a part of leading. However, managers only tell people what to do and make sure that they do it. That's management, telling people what to do and making sure that they do it. I manage my daughters. I manage things out of my own leaders. But if I find myself always managing them or only managing them, and they never get to the point where they are managing themselves, I have to ask myself if I ever led them, if I ever guided them, if I ever really shepherded them. The difference in a shepherd leader and someone who only manages people is that the shepherd leader guides those entrusted to them by connecting the dots of what they are doing and how they are doing it to why they are doing it and why it's important and why they're important and why what we are trying to accomplish together and where we are going is important. I think back to one of my first shepherd leaders, Bobby Brooks. Bobby was a unique shepherd leader in my life. Bobby was my junior varsity football and baseball coach, and he was my youth pastor. Bobby and I spent a lot of time together. Bobby was the reason that I wanted to pursue a coaching career early on in my life because he made such a significant impact in my life, and I wanted to be able to do that for other young men. So we were at football practice one day my freshman year, and it was one of those hot and muggy days in southwest Georgia where you could cut the air with a butter knife. It was so thick with heat and humidity. There were bugs all around the football field, and no one on the team was feeling it that day. I remember pulling up 
on some sprints around the end of practice and sort of just jogging it in over the line. I had plenty more in the tank to give. I just, I just wasn't feeling it that day, like everybody else. Well, after practice, after getting all the footballs up and in the bags and, and carrying them up the hill to the locker room, Coach Brooks came up beside me. He said, Nick, you could be a great player. More than that, you can help make a lot of other people great players. They look up to you. And I said, thanks, coach. And he said, Paul instructs us in Colossians that whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all of your heart as working for the Lord and not for men. If you pull up when you don't feel like it, when you don't feel like being out here, what does that say about you? He went on, man, you have a gift for leading people. People follow you. If you give less than your best, what are you encouraging? I don't think that's who you are. And I don't think that's who you want other people to be. Think about it. Then he patted me on the back and he went in the locker room. Now, let me tell you, I have never forgotten that. I have thought about that very moment so many times in my life that I cannot begin to count them. In at-home workouts, running a 5K with my daughter, waking up early to do my quiet time, how I prepare for meetings, how I walk into my restaurant, when I prepare and give a speech, when I'm in charge of leading the hospitality team at my church, when I wrote my MBA dissertation, all because my shepherd leader in my life took time to guide me, and to lead me in paths of righteousness. Bobby, Coach Brooks, passed away about a year ago, tragically, in a car accident. I thought again when I heard that, that he had passed away. I thought again of what he said to me going in to that locker room. Y'all, I have followed him for the rest of my life, even from a distance, because those words, those guiding, those shepherding words will ring throughout my ears for the rest of my life. Y'all, a good shepherd will guide those entrusted to them in a way that will show where they can go. A good shepherd leader will guide those entrusted to them in a way that will show where they can go. Guys, this has been so much fun. The next time we get together, we're going to discuss the third principle of shepherd leadership, which is to protect those entrusted to us. I appreciate you guys joining along. This is a lot of fun for me, and I I hope that we're bringing value to you and your life and your leadership. I'm encouraging you to know, guide, protect, and provide for those entrusted to you so that they will thrive and that you can be a leader that people will follow for life. Until next time, shepherd well, my friends. Mm